Hey everyone, welcome back to Thoughtful Intentions. I'm your host, Fiona Winch, and I'm joined today by my guest, Chloe DeWinter. Chloe is an Aussie physiotherapist, master Pilates instructor, and founder of online Pilates studio, GoClo Pilates. After living in Brooklyn for three years, she found herself stuck in Australia, unemployed, and living with her husband at her parents' house. How romantic. It was from her parents' converted study that Chloe launched GoClo Pilates and brought her skills to an online global community. Chloe is passionate about Pilates, about helping others feel good in their bodies, and making Pilates accessible to all. Her online platform offers classes for all levels, all schedules, and all preferences. So hi, Chloe. Hi. (laughs) First of all, thank you for doing this. Thank you for being here. I know that you're all the way across the world in a different time zone in a completely different day, and I wish you were here in Brooklyn, but I'm glad that we still are able to do this. Yes, so am I. That's, I think, one of the silver linings of this past now year and a half is we've all become very accustomed to Zoom and time zones and it means we can still connect, which is pretty cool. Well, (laughs) you are accustomed to time zone. I have to say, I I felt grateful that you did the math because I I was uh, not as skilled in that department. (laughs) I've become, I have become a bit of a master of time zones and daylight savings because the first year it totally screwed with me because the clocks changed in one place at a different time to another place and it all got very confusing but I I think I've got it. (laughs) Have you ever like had to be awake at an obscene hour to hop on a zoom at this point or or you've, you've got it down enough that you can still manage normal waking hours? Well I like getting up early in the morning. I'm like an early riser much better in the morning. So for me, it works well. I teach my first class every day at 7.30 a.m. And for pe- for me, that's n- normal. And for Aussies, that's pretty normal. Gyms here open. Yeah. Most gyms open in Australia at about 5 a.m. And people get really? to gym at 5 a.m. And when I moved to Brooklyn, that was a big shock for me. I learned that the culture is very different there. New Yorkers will go to a gym in the morning at like, 10 a.m. and then mm-hmm. we'll work until late and it's it's yeah. it's very different culturally um so for me it's fine I'm happy to be up early and I I won't do earlier than that anymore I at the start I was like I need clients I'll get up at six to see you but now oh, I'm like geez. I need to sleep <laughs> no I I'm so much more of a night person but recently I've been getting up at 8 30 which is early for me but it's only because <laughs> my curtain is doing such a poor job at keeping the sun out so I just kind of wake up when that when that hits me in the face. Um, well, I'm really excited to get into it. And I first, before I say anything else, I just have to say upfront that my roommate Cameron absolutely worships you, and I I really don't mean that lightly. And I know I've kind of told you this before. I know she said it, but Pilates is literally like a religion to her now. Um, she might say she loves it, but she, she treats it like a religion. Like we have had wine nights. We're at 10 PM. You know, she hasn't done her Pilates yet. So she will whip out the mat and be doing her Pilates wine glass in hand, 10 PM. Um, so it's pretty remarkable commitment and it's all thanks to you. So (laughs) that is unbelievable. I wish I could send her a trophy. I probably should. That is incredible commitment. She's very committed. She has told me that she's done. She does every single class. I release four or five new classes each week onto the platform. And she says that since she's joined, she hasn't missed one class. And that is just so awesome. No, I believe it. I mean, I live with her. So, you know, I see a lot of it, but it's true. Um, she's yeah, she's a Pilates diehard now. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I really want to share with everyone all everything about GoClo. Um, as you might imagine at this point, that's how I know Chloe is because of Cameron. Um, and okay, so yes, yeah, so GoClo, I want to talk about. I also want to talk about uh, your experience starting a business during a pandemic and um, getting stuck in Australia. But I kind of want to back up a bit first, if you don't mind, um, and just ask what sort of drew you to physiotherapy initially? Was it like a sports related thing or a childhood? Like, what was that initial draw? Yeah. 
it's a good question. So uh, if we go back to, I guess, high school, uh, I we have to put down preferences for university in year 12. Um, we have to start thinking about that in year 11. And you can be quite specific here with what degrees you go into. Um, whereas I know in the US, you can be a little bit more broad. I mean, you can here as well. So year, um, year 11 and year 12 are the same, I imagine. Sorry. They are. So when you're seven, turning 17 and 18, the last yeah, two okay. years of school. Great. Yeah. So you have to make these big decisions when you're still 17, when you're 17 years old, which seems insane at the moment. Yeah. Um, I remember just sitting down with my mum and thinking what I was going to put down and what, what I wanted to do. I was, I've always loved working with people. So that was a big factor for me. And I also knew that I wanted to go into something in the health field, the broad health field, whatever that was. I'd floated the idea of studying medicine to be a doctor, but I wasn't sure if I wanted it badly enough to commit to all those years of study. So then I thought, my mum said, what about physiotherapy, which is the Australian version of physical therapy? Okay. Um, same sort of thing. It's mm -hmm. yeah, pretty much the same. Only because it was, it involved helping people, it involved looking at the human body and I thought yeah like that'll do it wasn't even a sports related thing because I played sports in school but I was very like middle of the pack I definitely was nothing special <laughs> I was not the best I was not the worst I was just that person that blends into the middle and I, I was yeah. back of the line so <laughs> at least you you are so oh, I, yeah we yeah no <laughs> Not my best subject. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I put that down and went into study physio and I I loved it. I loved working with – it suited me well. I loved the fact that I could meet all these really interesting people. That was probably the best part of it for me. Were you approaching um, it from, like I, – I have a friend that does occupational therapy um, and I have a friend that's an athletic trainer, but I feel like you're somewhere in between – in a way, but correct. Yeah. Me yeah, no, it is. So uh, physiotherapy here is, it's very clinical and you do the last year and a half of study is, is clinical placements where you're in hospitals and rehabilitation centers. So you, it's, it's quite different to what I'm doing today, but uh, you're placed in hospitals, working with stroke patients, working with cardiac rehabilitation patients, people who have had heart attacks or, mm. Um, things like that so and then you also have a whole musculoskeletal side of it so people who've had knee replacements or hip injuries or broken arms or shoulders and wrists and sports injuries that type of thing but it's it's very broad the okay. study and then after I finished studying I went into private practice because that's that's sort of where I saw myself going and from my first job I I always loved Pilates. I, I started practicing Pilates while I was studying because I loved it and did my first teacher training course, which was directed at physios while I was still studying. And my first job was a job that combined physio with Pilates. So it was straight away combining those skills. Wow. And there's a big difference in Australia. So one of the big differences I noticed when I moved over to America is this doesn't really exist so much in America or in New York anyway. But over here, private physios also teach Pilates. Like I'd say like 80% of physios also incorporate Pilates into their practice. And mm. so you'll come for an injury to see your physiotherapist and often it'll be Pilates will be integrated into the rehabilitation or the treatment program. That's and amazing. you can claim that through insurance. Insurance is a whole other thing, but it no, can be claimed through your private health insurance. Yeah. As we've been talking, I... It, it's like, duh, my mom's in physical therapy right now. I wish that they incorporated exercise in some fashion because, you know, it's it's tough when you don't really know how to exercise or what you're doing or the correct posture and things. And I send her YouTube videos sometimes, but to have like a person showing you the ropes, um, especially tailored to whatever you are in physical therapy for, that's amazing. Exactly. Exactly. And and you'd see just amazing results. That's sort of my love grew as I was working in it because you can have such a significant impact on people's lives and make such significant changes. And that 
was just an awesome feeling. It was just, yeah, I was like, this is, this is great. I, I love this. So despite making a decision at 17, it was the correct one. <laughs> it was the correct decision. And now I'm almost, I'm almost 30 and I look around at my peers at where we started. So at 17, we chose, we all chose our degrees mm-hmm. in school. If we were lucky enough to go and study, we went to university and study something. And I look around at my peers and think, all right, how many of us are still doing what we study or are still in that industry? And there's not that many people make shifts. I mean, yeah. I guess what I studied physio, I, I didn't imagine that this is how I'd be using my skills now. Sure. Um, but I'm still very passionate about that. And that is still, yeah, that's still where I'm at professionally. Well, I, I think that's nice. kind of the hope, at least as someone who is pivoting, you know, you hope at least that you can take whatever you've learned and transfer them into whatever you're going towards. But um, yes. it, it, it's, it's funny because a lot of this podcast, I have tried to think about different ways people have embraced untraditional paths. And even though you still have the physio aspect through, I still feel like you have a, a pretty interesting path. I mean, coming to Brooklyn yeah. and then getting k- kicked back to Australia for a minute in the pandemic. And I correct me if I'm wrong as well, but I don't think that you imagine GoClo until later. I know you mentioned to me before wanting to do a YouTube series, but definitely not in this fashion. Yes, exactly. Definitely not the path I expected. So yes, still the same space, but if you, (laughs) yeah, if we wound back the clock, like, okay, go back to when I was 17, but also like go back even to two years. I didn't (laughs) expect this, like in my wildest dreams, I didn't think this is where I would be. What, What kind of route were you on at the time? I expected that I would work as a physio, I would teach Pilates, I would be in a clinic. I mean, even the move to New York, which we can get to, that was also yeah. unexpected. Like, Yeah, what was that move about? So I, this was my path. I was working in private practice in at a clinic that I loved in Melbourne um, called Core Physio and Pilates and loved my job, loved everything about my life. I was just like very happy. And then um, I met a guy. <laughs> changed everything (laughs) I met my now husband Phil we the first date we went on he says look just I just want to let you know that I'm moving to New York in I'm moving to New York in a few months and I was like I was like look mate this is our first date like come (laughs) on (laughs) all right great let's see how this goes and six months later I was on a plane to New York no with him. I quit my job I quit my job I'd like moved out and we wow. were doing the whole New York thing yeah and he's from Australia as well he's from Australia so we both grew up in like similar areas um six months that is fast I know it was but I <laughs> but you knew I, I actually knew I was wow. I, I, I hate that I'm saying this publicly, but from the start, I was like obsessed with him. I was like, oh. I like, I loved him from, from very early on. And yeah, it was just, oh my yeah. God. You I wanted to, a, you've had a wild two years. Cause I was thinking back, I noticed that you got married in 20 in November of 2019 and yes. then pandemic hits you're stuck inside. I know that you went home for like two weeks, anticipating being two weeks and then get stuck in Australia. Like, and now like coming up on 30 that you're excited about, but like what a past two years. (laughs) Yeah. It's been, it's been interesting. Um, yeah, it really has. So we, that's exactly what happened. We, so we've been in, we were New York about three years all up but um in 2019 in November we got married in Australia so we flew back for the wedding went back to New York we were planning to be living in New York in Brooklyn for another couple of years and then we were thinking maybe then we'll head back uh we came back for a quick trip in at the end of February 2020 
because um, someone in the family was having a baby. So we wanted to come back to meet the baby. And we literally came back for what was meant to be two weeks and never went back to New York because that was when everything happened. That's And New York was the epicenter of it yeah. at that stage. So our families were like, just wait it out. We're like, okay, mm. we'll just wait it out. And then we waited it out a bit more, a bit more. And then suddenly we were in Australia like, <gasps> oh, like what's happening? So you but we, haven't been so, back. No, we haven't. And I'm desperate yeah. to come back just, just, I don't think we're going to move back now unless something changed. I mean, who knows? But the plan is now to stay here. I'm just desperate to get back because there was no closure. There are so mm. many of my dear friends that I miss and I want to say goodbye to. And mm. even little things to to leave a city that you've lived in for three years without any sort of farewells to mm. our favourite coffee shops, our favourite restaurants, it's just walking the streets of Williamsburg. I just... I, I want to be back in that city so that I can just soak it up again before I then say, okay, now I'm leaving. And I feel like I need that. And I see now. Maybe like an anniversary um, sort of yeah, <laughs> trip. I, need. I see on social media all these, I see so much about Brooklyn because I have so many friends there and I see the city coming to life again. And I see life returning back to normal. And I have this this feeling this like sinking feeling like I want to be there. <laughs> oh, I know it is. It's weird. I mean, yesterday, was it yesterday? Two days ago, they announced that, um, everything was officially open and they were doing fireworks. Not that I could see them from my apartment, but it, it is weird. People still wear masks on the street though, but, um, I think everyone is itching to get out there. So you, you will come back to a much happier place, I promise. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel we also felt, Phil and I, my husband, mm-hmm. we had a bad feeling as well because at the start of the pandemic, we almost felt like we had abandoned New York. We just picked up and we left when things mm-hmm. got hard. And we oh. could see all these people there who were, struggling because it was it was hard it was hard and and we we were in Australia we're lucky enough I mean we had a long lockdown as well but we had much lower cases here we were really lucky to be here and grateful that our families were safe and we didn't have to worry about them and we we did feel we almost felt a bit of guilt I get that I mean I think it's important to acknowledge you know being, I was also in a more privileged stance of being in a a home with a yard and, you know, less people around and access to grocery stores and things. Um, but if you had the chance to be in a safer environment, I don't think anyone would fault you for that, you know? I know. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so just to transition a bit into go close specifically, because that was, born in the middle of this. And, um, you had told me at one point you kicked it off right away. Like it was March, right? Or is, I did. Is yeah, I did. So what so, was that process? So in New York, uh, I was working and when I flew back from my two week trip holiday, mm-hmm. I was working at a, a studio in New York called East River Pilates, which right. I loved my job there. And, flew back for what was meant to be the two weeks. Then it got, we pushed it out a little. And as I, as you sort of mentioned before, I had floated the idea of a YouTube channel and these things, it's so strange how these things happen, but I, a month before, maybe not even a month, it was probably, oh no, it was about a month before I'd left for that holiday. I was sitting with some friends and we just floated the idea of a YouTube channel just for fun. Like, Oh, fitness is online. You fitness on YouTube is a thing. Like maybe I'd be good at that. Should I try it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. And a, a friend of mine right before I left bought me as a gift, a book called YouTube secrets, which was how to start a YouTube channel. This was pre pandemic, just so bizarre. How to start a YouTube channel and be successful on YouTube. So on the plane, on the way back to Australia, I'm reading this book. Okay. This is how you start a YouTube channel. So I'm on the plane reading about it. So yeah. So the seed was planted. I don't know if I would have done it. I don't know. I probably would have, but it may have taken me a really long time, Mm -hmm. but then I'm in Australia 
a few weeks have, have passed and I woke up one morning and I checked my phone and it was a message from an email from my boss in New York who said, we've had to close the studio. I'm so sorry, but you are now unemployed. And I like for 24 hours went into panic mode. I'm not very good when I'm stressed. I go into like shutdown mode, can't talk to me. And I was like that for a good 24 hours, couldn't get me out of it. And after that 24 hours, I sort of switched into action mode. I thought, okay, what can I do? You're what good. What can I do? You're so good. It I, took me much longer than that. <laughs> much longer. But survival mode. Survival mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, what can I do? And I did two things. I recorded a video to put on my new YouTube channel. And I put a me- I put a message on my Instagram story and said, would anyone want me to run a live class on Zoom? And I put my video up on YouTube and it was early for that to happen. Mm-hmm. It was early in the pandemic. The pandemic hadn't, COVID hadn't really, hadn't reached Australia yet. It actually mm-hmm. wasn't in Australia yet. So for me to put that out there already, instructors and trainers and gyms weren't doing that in Australia yet. It was starting to happen in New York as things were closing, but it gave, it almost gave me an edge. Like I was ahead of the game because right. I was in Australia. And so I did those things. I put a message out. My first Zoom class, I had 60 people register to do this live class. I said, I'm not going to put a price on it. Just pay whatever you want. Just Venmo me or transfer me. And that first class went so well. And it's sort of because it went well, I thought, all right, maybe I can actually do something here. And at the start, it wasn't like this is going to be my career, but it was, okay, maybe I can actually make a bit of money and keep myself afloat while this is while I work out my next steps. And one class turned into two classes a week, turned into three classes a week. And it sort of increased these, these live classes. At one stage in 2020, I was doing eight live classes a week, which was really hectic. A lot of Pilates for my body. Yeah, jeez. I don't do that anymore. That was too much. But it's just it just sort of grew from there. I didn't ever think that I would be standing here saying I have my own business called Coco Pilates. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah, it just sort of grew and grew and grew and it evolved into that. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I'm very impressed and especially just impressed at how quickly that you established it and, and, um, you know, watching it grow so quickly. It's just, it's incredible. I, I also was unemployed within that first week of things. And I remember, um, emailing the office and being like, am I still going to get paid for the rest of this week? (laughs) You know, just like panic. Um, but I'm, I was very impressed with when I, when you first told me that, that how quickly you, um, got ahead of the curve and just, made a decision and, and went for it. Um, I think as well, I, I am lucky that I am, I have the skills that can be transferred online. I can Mm -hmm. teach online. It was sort of an, an easy solution. Okay. Do it online. Whereas there are a lot of people who don't have the luxury of taking their skills online. They would have to fully pivot and fully try something new. And it has been, it has been incredible to see how some people have done that fully shifted careers in 2020 to try and find ways, new ways to actually mm-hmm. make an income. But that's been amazing. But yeah, I do feel lucky that I was do able to. Do you feel a little bit, or were you so distracted by this that um, you, let me rephrase this. I too went back to my parents' house, um, but the lack of distractions uh, really also gave me the opportunity to harp on the fact that I was back in my parents' house and back in my childhood bedroom. Um, did you have that same feeling or were you just distracted enough? A hundred percent. I had that. Okay. (laughs) I mean, we just got married just a few months before and suddenly we're literally in my childhood bedroom. Like, all right. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Not, not what I expected, but 
the fact that I had such a focus helped me and I am grateful that I had this because if I didn't, I think I would have struggled and my mental health would have suffered, but I had such a focus and I was so busy. I made myself so busy putting so much effort and so much work into building this. It helped. Yeah, it definitely helped. Awesome. Um, So working at East River Pilates, how much of that experience informed like the creation of Go Club, whether it's kind of the the model or just even the things that you teach? Is it is it similar or like how much did you pull from that experience? Yeah, definitely. I think as a teacher, when it comes to Pilates, you grow and you learn in whatever environment that you're in whatever environment you're in. And I'd I actually didn't teach mat Pilates. I was all equipment-based before I moved Mm -hmm. to New York. So I was only teaching on the reformers and the Cadillacs and all that. And then when I moved to New York and I started at East River Pilates, I said, we do mat classes. I thought, oh, God, (laughs) mat Pilates. Can you just quickly explain what that means to anyone that doesn't or is not familiar with it? I definitely can. So Pilates... I'll give you a little a little hist- Pilates history yes, lesson. Yes, please. <laughs> started by a guy named Joseph Pilates, German guy who moved to New York and opened his first studio actually in New York. Uh, and it was based off the mat, working on the mat, so doing body weight exercises and using different props, like if anyone's seen a magic circle, like squeezy thing, big circle squeezy thing, and also different equipments where you use the resistance of springs and straps to create resistance and strength train using the equipment. So the different equipment uh, is the most popular one is the reformer, and there are lots of reformer classes around New York and around the world. It's become hugely popular where you're on a moving platform with springs and you add different coloured springs for different levels of resistance. And then there are other forms of equipment which are around as well, which I love. One is called the Cadillac. It looks, if anyone's seen a Cadillac, sometimes called a trapeze table, it looks like either a torture device or some crazy sex swing device because it has... <laughs> fluffy straps that hang down for your feet and when people see it for the first time their faces just drop like what are you going to do to me on this thing (laughs) (laughs) but that and there's also a chair and a ladder barrel and the equipment is amazing if anyone's if if you haven't ever tried an equipment class I I recommend it because you get an incredible uh, feeling of support from the equipment and from the springs and the platforms but also you get to add this extra resistance and it's really excellent as well for rehabilitation so for knee rehab hip rehab that sort of thing shoulder rehab the equipment is great for that sort of thing that's the experience I'd come from in Australia working in a physio practice Mm. and then when I came to New York and I started working in East River and they said all right we have we run mat classes as well as reformer classes and the other equipment I said okay great and I didn't when I first started I didn't think I would love it as much as I did and as I started teaching more, I actually realized that I enjoyed teaching Matt Pilates classes more than the equipment Pilates classes because I was mm. thinking this is awesome. The amount of things you can do with your body and the shapes that you can make can be so powerful and make such an impact on your strength and your mobility, your endurance. And I just, I just fell in love with it. And so also the fact that I was surrounded by all these other wonderful teachers there helped as well because we all took each other's classes. When you finish a shift, you would take someone else's classes and you would learn all these Mm. creative ways to use the props or to use your body and so definitely your repertoire just grows just by watching others and experiencing other people's classes so I definitely think I took a lot of that with me when I went online because that's Mm. where my love of Matt Pilates was ignited and suddenly I was able Mm. to use it. That's awesome and and so Matt Pilates is is literally on a yoga mat just with your body weight for the most part you know the first time I tried it I was just stunned by how many micro muscles I had never felt before I was like you know because I don't know in kind of traditional gym workouts you really aim for the uh, tell me if I sound so uninformed right now because I'm not a fitness person per se but um you feel more of those macro muscles, I guess. And then in Pilates, I just was just like, oh my gosh, there's all these tiny muscles that I'm feeling and I'm not even moving that much. It's crazy. 
Exactly. Exactly. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. you're right. If you think about traditional gym training, there's a big focus on what we call the global muscles. So like your quads, your hamstrings, your biceps, all these big muscle groups. And when it comes to Pilates and when you focus on these small movements, you're focusing, yes, on those global muscles as well. We strengthen those muscles, but we're also focusing on the core muscles. Think about the core muscles as the stabilizing muscles that lie close to the joints that really support the joints and help us move better with more control, use our body more efficiently and then we use those muscles in combination with the global muscles to build more stability around the whole body which makes a lot of sense why it's used in rehabilitation it sounds like Mm -hmm. so exactly moving into a little bit of like more business talk um I kind of wanted to hear a little bit about the challenges that you feel like you faced uh starting a business by yourself and um and how the time played a role in it, but also Zoom, the challenges with that and other things. Yeah. Um, I've never been particularly entrepreneurial and I never really hear people say that. I hear, I listen to a lot of podcasts now and I try and jump into this whole business owner, small business mentality. <laughs> yeah, to try and learn, but that. That's really new for me. We sort of spoke about before the paths that we thought we were go- going on. And I always, as I said, imagined that I would just work in a clinic and I would see patients and th- that would just be my path. And now that's really shifted. And it's definitely, I've this experience has ignited something in me that I didn't actually know existed. And now I feel so... I feel so motivated to grow this business and to expand it and and I have that, but I'm very new to it and there are a lot of challenges. Mm. I, at the start when I first began, it was, it's just a learning experience about starting a YouTube channel and using Zoom, okay? We didn't even know what Zoom was before this. Maybe some people did, I didn't. And suddenly it's like the cornerstone of my business. (laughs) Little things, but as it's now been almost a year and a half that I've been doing this. I cannot believe how much I have learned in this time. Having a business like the Pilates is, is a small portion of it, to be honest. I, I, I think the Pilates is say, I call it like 30% of the business, but the rest of it is everything else. It's, the PR, the SEO, the website, the marketing, um, the accounting and the books and the payments and the back end of the platform and the organization of the platform and the emails and the client management and the schedules. It's, oh it's, it's so, there's so much that I, I didn't expect, but it's been pretty amazing to learn. about. I, I, you, ha- you must have a team working with you now at this point, right? Or are you still running most of it by yourself? I have a marketing intern who helps Ooh. me. Um, and she does about 10 hours a week and she helps. Um, she's wonderful. I have a couple of freelancers who help. So someone who helps advise me for in marketing and he's great, but he's just an, he's an advisor more. And I have someone, I have a freelancer helping run my ads, but I do feel like it's just, I feel like it's just me. I haven't yet. And that's also, that's probably the biggest challenge is that the experience is quite isolating. And I've shared this with Mm -hmm. other friends who are also founders. It is quite an isolating experience when you don't have a team that you work with every day because there are little, I I find it hard to make decisions. I'm not good Mm -hmm. at it. Like even what to have for dinner. I, I struggle. I struggle with that. And when you are a business owner, there are so many decisions that you have to make. And if you dwell on things, then you don't get anything done. And it's hard to not bounce ideas off someone. My husband, Phil, is Phil's very involved, as involved as he can be because he has a full-time job that keeps him very busy. But I try whenever I can and bounce ideas off him and anyone who will listen, I try and talk to about Well, you're doing a fantastic job. And I feel like, you know, not to 
not to say that you are decisive if you think that you're indecisive, but there is evidence saying that you're pretty decisive for starting it when you did with such a, you know, quick turnaround. And I don't, I just, I know I keep mentioning that, but um, it sounds like you're doing great. Thank you. That's really sweet. What kind of, of course, what kind of like advice do you think you would have at this point for someone starting a small business or who has wanted to start a small business? I would say that if it's something you're passionate about, then I couldn't recommend it enough. I didn't think I would, I was, I always loved my job. I really did. Don't get me wrong, but this is, as I said before, opened up this new side of me and I get, I feel like I get a new level of fulfillment in my daily job and what I do because it's something that I have built from nothing and it's mine and yes and it's got my name on it and every little part of it I have put my blood sweat tears many hours into and it it feels different so yes it's hard and you feel more pressure because it's you and you can't you can't switch off as easily. You take it with you at all, mm. all the time. You don't get to the weekend and think, oh, deal with it on Monday. That doesn't happen, but it feels different and it it fills, it fills me up a lot more. So I couldn't recommend it enough, really. I wow. do love it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because I feel like people romanticize the idea of being their own boss, but given how frequently you must be working you know it's not traditional hours if you don't want it to be you know you bring it with you when you eat and sleep and think about it all the time so I, I can imagine that if it's not something you're passionate about it's not as romantic as it probably sounds exactly exactly and with any job there are pros and cons but for me yeah. I love it you feel all the small wins if someone signs mm-hmm. up that the main part of my business which I've really touched on is my on-demand platform which yes, I launched please. in December and that that's my baby I really feel it <laughs> it is my child and if one person signs up if I get a new subscriber I I like celebrate each each win <laughs> but at the same time with each loss with each person who leaves the platform you feel that as well and I don't know if it's a good thing or I don't know I've got these email notifications on so every time someone signs up I get an email and I'm like Woo-hoo! yeah amazing but I also get one when someone cancels oh, no. and then it's like oh that, <laughs> I don't like know a, if that's a surprising but... feeling for you or, or did you kind of anticipate that when you started or, or did it kind of take you by surprise how no. invested you felt in those uh, that's that's taking me by surprise I mean I've always been invested but it's amazing how invested you are in the small part the small yeah. wins the small mm-hmm. losses. like you really ride the highs and you ride the lows wow. all the way yeah well, that's amazing. And I do want to give you uh, the chance to talk about more about the on-demand platform and how you have managed to make it so affordable. I think that's so important. Thank you. Yeah. So when I first started, I started with the idea that I wanted to make Pilates accessible to all. So I, all my live classes, I still run live classes that are pay what you want. So you still choose a price to pay. A lot of people never pay. That's cool. Some people pay every session. That's cool. I don't mind. I don't ask any questions. And that had sort of worked for me. When I launched the on-demand platform in December, I spent so long researching what price I should pitch it at because I didn't – it's hard because I want to make it affordable to people, but it's also something I'm trying to – it's my business. Yeah, it's now my full-time job, something – I need to make some money off. That's important. And so I did a lot of research, worked out what other people were charging. And I'm probably pitched somewhere in the middle. Like some people, I still get a lot of people come to me and say that it's too much. And I, so what I did is I launched this scholarship program a couple of months Mm -hmm. ago and I'll, I'll launch different rounds of it, but I put a post out and I said, if the price is too much for you, then fill in this survey and tell me a price that works for you. And I picked 10 of them and I just honored them. So there are people, there are plenty of people on the platform that uh, pay a price that works for them. And 
that's just my way. I mean, that's, that's very diplomatic of you. I feel like it has to be hard to kind of placate everyone because I don't know. I mean, everyone has different subjective opinions on how they spend their money and what they think they should be spending their money on and how much they think they should be spending. So market aside, I feel like that's a whole different beast is just people's opinions. Um, yeah. I'm glad you found a way sort of around that a little bit. <laughs> it is a beast. It really is. Cause it's funny when I, I, I've put out a couple of feedback surveys as well to people and I read through the feedback and I'm, I'm like, I don't know where to go with this. I get some people say, your platform is too expensive. And then someone else says, your platform is too cheap. You're not valuing your services enough. Oh <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> so at what point do you just like kind of turn off that noise? Oh, uh, look, that is the question. I'll <laughs> let you know when I, when I find the answer to that. I don't know yet. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, there's constructive criticism and then there's just noise. Yeah, totally. Like, look, you, you know I what was, you're doing. Yeah, I, I think... I think if you have enough confidence in in what you do, then you take everything with a grain of salt. I love getting feedback. I wish people gave me more feedback and any person, any business owner or anyone, really anyone, I'm trying to think, like every position, we all crave feedback and I want to make the platform better. And because I don't have a team working with me every day, it's my clients that I'm looking for feedback from because if they, they have some of the best ideas of how I can improve the platform. So I listen to them. I listen to everything. But you, you can't take everything on board. Not everyone is going to love GoClo Pilates. And that's okay. You right. don't have to love it. I mean, my husband doesn't do Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> have you tried to get him to? Yeah, I try every day. He literally <laughs> doesn't do it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um. So speaking of your clients, um, I kind of wanted to ask a question about more specifically about like fitness in general. And I was thinking about, you know, what, what you're doing and, and I imagine that you are working with people, some people who feel quite vulnerable at times, you know, whether they're starting out in exercise or whether they're um, voicing some insecurities that they're trying to address. Um, how have you navigated that? Have you had to navigate that? I guess. Yeah, I definitely have. Um, I think for me, I have to remember that I can't help everybody, but I can do my best to help as many people as I can. So on the platform, I have classes to suit different people. I have different levels. So I have a whole category for Pilates for beginners, for example. I have a prenatal and a postnatal subscription. And what I also offer is the, the opportunity for people to tell me what their goals are and for me to actually develop their own playlist of classes that suit their needs. So I do my best to help as many people as I can, but it has a limit, 100%. And my goal for the platform is to one day, is to work on continuing to expand it, to cater for many different people, different fitness levels, different ages, different injuries, different goals so that you could come onto the platform and find classes for you. It's an extremely and, inclusive environment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want it to feel inclusive. And for some people, fitness is really intimidating. And that is, that's actually one of the big benefits of working out from home is going into a studio and being surrounded by people and exercising can be really scary for some people and can put them off actually doing it. So the safety, that feeling of safety for doing it from your own. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. feels really good for some people. And a lot of people have reached out to me and said that that's been the best part is the fact that they feel like they're not being judged by other people. And I want to create a platform that enhances that feeling. They feel included. They feel safe. 
they feel like they're in good hands really that's that's my goal really that's great thank you and forgive me if I'm overstepping, but just, um, to get a little bit more personal with it, I, I want to ask in part, what keeps you motivated personally, because having exercise, like as your job, as your career, um, I kind of have it made out in my mind that, you know, physical trainers, fitness instructors just have the best, relationship with body positivity and exercise and all things like health and well-being but I you're human so I have to imagine that you experience some of the same um struggles as the rest of us but if you want to speak to that a little bit yeah definitely yeah definitely not immune to it at (laughs) all I am a human and I am a woman Mm -hmm. and yeah I wish I wish I could say I was immune to it I think I've come a long way personally with with body image and with body positivity over the past few years. When I moved to New York, I met a lot of people who really inspired me and helped me on my own journey. I fell more in love with movement and exercise and learned that exercising for me felt great because I felt strong. It made me feel proud of where my body was at physically and how I felt it made a huge difference to my mental health and honestly just made me just made me feel great and even going back to before I'm before I came back to Australia I had a shoot with well and good who are a huge online Mm -hmm. wellness publication they do a YouTube series and I had with East River Pilates the opportunity to teach with them and I in the lead up to that shoot I for a week didn't sleep I was so nervous and I was so nervous because I had imposter syndrome one I was like why do they want me but two I was so nervous about what I was going to look like on Mm -hmm. camera and I thought so many people are going to see me and I felt so vulnerable and I thought I had all the thoughts. I don't look like these other people, these other trainers on the platform. My body is different. That's what they're going to look at. All these thoughts were going through my head. And after I did it, I thought, I don't know why I was so nervous, personally. And now that video from that series has 850,000 views wow. on YouTube. And when it first went up, I remember the feeling, that sinking feeling, oh, all these people are going to see me. I never imagined it would have that many views, but people don't care about what I look like. People said, I love that workout. That felt amazing. Wow, that glute series. That's what they care about. And that was a huge lesson for me from that moment. I sort of realized that I don't need to care about that. And over the past now year and a half, I've, I stand in front of a camera and I teach Pilates now. That's, that's what I do. And it's been a process for me, but I've kind of stopped caring. I feel amazing when I do Pilates. I am the strongest I have ever been in my life because I do all this Pilates and I teach online and that feels amazing. I love that I can hold a plank and I love that I can squat a hundred times. My legs are strong. That makes me feel awesome it's pretty it's just a great feeling and by feeling that way I've just let go of the rest it just happened it's just a process but I still have days trust me we all have days um, where we look in the mirror and we find all the faults in ourselves we all have them but that no one else more- notices <laughs> exactly. no one yeah. notices them. we are our own harshest critics but the more you move your body and you find ways to move your body that you enjoy the the more those other thoughts leave your mind that's what I think and it might not be Pilates for you for me it's Pilates I love Pilates for Cameron it's Pilates <laughs> yeah, <right> here, yeah. <laughs> but it might be something else and that's okay not everyone has to like Pilates for you it might be dancing go go to yeah. a dance class that feels I really, amazing I really I mean, like that. exactly like Find, find ways to move your body that you love. And suddenly, yeah, it suddenly it changes, changes everything. Well, that was a fabulous answer. Thank you for sharing. Uh, that was a bit long. 
<laughs> no, no, I loved every second of it. I didn't want to interrupt because that's how much I loved it. <laughs> um, and what would you say to people who haven't tried Pilates before? Because, you know, if I don't, maybe this is just me and I have tried Pilates, but I feel like there's this um, stigma or sense that it's more difficult than other kind of workout styles and um, is a little bit more like elitist in a way, just you have to kind of have some sort of knowledge going into it, but um, please dispel those myths. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I genuinely think that Pilates is good for everyone because everyone needs a bit of strength training, a little bit of mobilization, a little bit of movement practice. And even without those things, moving your body feels good because it improves our mental health. That's been proven again and again. And Pilates is for all levels. It is for all people. You can start at the basics. You can build it up. My classes are all about listening to your body. So if you want to take a break, you just press pause. You just lay on the mat. You can lie on your back and just breathe. That's cool. I'll call that Pilates as well. But really, (laughs) it is for everyone. It really is. And it is, you you can try at any level. It doesn't really matter. People reach out to me all the time and say that they were scared of Pilates and then they tried a class and they didn't know how good it felt and they should have started it before. Just give Mm -hmm. it a go. Just roll out a mat and give it a go. Reach out to me. Send me a DM. I'll I'll send you a class to start. (laughs) Oh, that's sweet. Okay, well, I won't keep you much longer, but before you go, I would love uh, if you could just share, um, plug all your social media and where people can find you and how they can sign up if they're interested and all those things. Great. I would love to. Okay, so... Instagram, the old gram, I'm GoPro underscore Pilates. Check me out. I have a YouTube channel, which is GoPro Pilates. And my website is GoPilates.com. And if you want to move with me, I would love to have you on my on-demand platform, GoPro On Demand. You can find it through my website or through my Instagram. You have a two-week free trial to explore the platform. There are over 100 videos on there now all different lengths. So I have a whole folder of what I call movement snacks when you want a little snack of movement, which are 15 minutes and under all different strengthening and mobility workouts. You can choose whatever you want. And then I have a range, many full length classes. So 30 minute and 45 minute classes, which focus on all different things. They all have different descriptions on there and also classes for different levels. As I said before, there's a whole folder for beginner-friendly classes. If you're new to this, then explore all those videos. I promise you'll feel amazing. And I think that's it. I upload new classes on there each week. There's pre and postnatal on there as well. I've got some seven-day challenges for those who want to get into it and need a calendar of classes that like will help keep you accountable. <laughs> you can do that. And I'm, I'm always here. So if any of my clients have any questions and they want to reach out, then send me a DM. I'll always write back, send me an email, or I've got a Facebook group. You can come join the community. Oh, fun. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Chloe. And thank you all for listening. This has been Thoughtful Intentions. I'm your host, Fiona Winch, and I was joined by Chloe DeWin.